This is an ABC podcast. Hi everyone. My name's Ruby and this is News Time. Hi Ruby. Hi Ruby. Every week we get up to date with five of the latest news stories from around the world. Today, we're going to meet a doctor who mended a broken heart. We'll cheer on the Aussies as they wind up their Olympic adventure, follow a flock of birds into the centre of Australia, meet some prize-winning painters, plus I'll teach you what a petroglyph is. That's cool. What do you think? Should we count down the top five stories? Let's get on with it. Story number five. If I had to pick a favourite toy, I think it would be my old worn-out teddy bear named Wrigley. He used to belong to my dad when he was little. How about you? Do you have a favourite toy? My cuddle toy named Samuel because I love cuddling him at night. Giraffing because he is cute and I love her. Toys can be very special friends, can't they? This story is about some special friends belonging to Carol, who lives in an area of Victoria called Gippsland. A year and a half ago, there were bushfires in Gippsland and they burned Carol's home. When that happened, she lost two of her favourite toys. Very, 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 very sad. I feel bad for them because their favourite things are lost and they don't feel happy about it. One of the toys was a ceramic horse that Carol had been given for her birthday. The other one was a porcelain doll that she'd made herself. After the fire, Carol rummaged through the ashes and she found some pieces of the horse and the doll. She wondered whether maybe the broken parts could be put back together. So she asked if anyone might be able to help. Sure enough, a doll doctor from Tasmania answered her call. That is really good. It can bring joy into a child's heart. This doctor specialises in fixing broken toys and she spent four whole months carefully fixing Carol's horse and doll. The ceramic surgery was a success. The toys look as good as new. Thank you, doctor. Yeah, thanks, doc. Story number four. four, 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 four. After 16 days of the world's best running, jumping, swimming, lifting, climbing and riding, the Tokyo Games have all wrapped up. And soon, the Paralympics will begin. There were so many Olympic highlights, and one of the most memorable was the 800-metre men's running race. It takes fitness, food, it takes water, it takes legs. I think what it takes to be good at running is lots of practice. It sure does. Just ask Peter Bowl. He was the first Australian runner to make the 800 metre finals in 53 years. He ran the fastest he's ever run before and he broke two Australian records. I think he felt proud and I think that's amazing. What medal did he get? Well, Peter was out in front most of the way, but at the very last moment, three other runners edged ahead, so he ended up coming fourth. Good 
job. You nearly got us a bronze medal. Well done, Peter. You did so well. Australia is very proud of Peter Bowl, and so are people in other parts of the world too. Peter was born in Sudan in Africa, and lots of Sudanese Australians held special Peter parties to watch the 800 metre final on telly. Hopefully, we'll see him race again, maybe at the next Olympic Games. Story number three. Wow, do you hear that? That is a flock of brilliant budgerigars. A budgie looks like a white bird and it's got orange claws and a... Hmm, I don't know what coloured beak. Most of these budgies have green feathers and there are thousands of them all flocking together in the Australian outback. Maybe to get water get food, eat in trees, have nests, have babies. Maybe because of the pollution and they want to be there to stay safe. Good guesses. There are a couple of reasons why these birds are hanging around in the desert. Some of them came because it's actually been raining quite a lot and that is perfect for raising little baby budgies. There's also more food around than usual because there aren't as many cows eating up all the grass and seeds that budgies like to munch on. And it's safe when the budgerigars fly in groups. It means they can scare away predators like big birds or snakes. They would be very noisy. Bird watchers say they haven't seen this many budgies in the outback in 10 years. But these budgies won't stay forever. When the food and water starts to run out, they'll fly off to their next destination. Safe travels, little budgies. Story number two. Hey, what do you think of this painting? I like that it looks really cute, but they shouldn't have drawn their skin green. Well, it's supposed to be green. It's a painting by Luanda Lucia Pearlstone Monroy, and it's of her brother. Don't worry, he doesn't actually have green skin. He's dressed up as the Incredible Hulk. Luanda won the 9 to 12-year-old category of the Young Archies, which is the junior version of Australia's most famous portrait prize, the Archibald. I like to paint pictures of toys and talking foods. Very creative. For the young Archies, kids draw or paint someone important to them. I like doing self-portraits. Savan Bosniak likes painting himself too. He won the five to eight-year-old category for a self-portrait. I see a boy which sort of doesn't have any hair, but it still looks good. Jacqueline Chin won the category for 13 to 15-year-olds with a painting of her sister. I like how it's got expressive colours and it shows that you can be unique just the way you are. And the winner of the 16 to 18 year old category was Charlize Allen Mamacito, who painted her mum. Because they love them. All of these works are on display inside the Art Gallery of New South Wales and you can also see them online. Congratulations to all the winners. 
Story number one. The Burrup Peninsula in Western Australia is famous for having the world's biggest and most important collection of rock carvings called petroglyphs. There's that word. It's from years and years and years before us and it's sort of like a piece of nature. That's right. The petroglyphs were made by Indigenous people and some of the carvings have been there for thousands of years. Wow! An Aboriginal tour guide just found another one and this one is extra special. Clinton Walker is a Yindabandi and Naluma man who runs tours of the Burrup Peninsula. He reckons he's uncovered Australia's first known underwater petroglyphs. The place that they were drawn is now under the water? Yes, the carving Clinton found was on a rock in the water at low tide. It's a picture of kangaroo footprints. When the tide is high, the rock is underwater, so you can't see it. Clinton says he's never heard of anyone finding rock art that's been underwater. But he says the discovery actually makes a lot of sense because Aboriginal people around Australia tell stories about living in areas that are now under the sea. Thousands of years ago, the Australian mainland used to be way bigger. That was before sea levels rose and covered lots of our country. It means that the sea has gotten larger. Last year in the Burrup Peninsula, scientists found ancient artefacts, including hundreds of stone tools, underwater. The experts say that Clinton's discovery might mean that we could find even more treasure under the sea. And that's it, my friends. Thank you so much for helping me out on another episode of News Time. Don't forget to take the quiz to see just how close you were listening. Check the show notes for the questions and answers. Catch you next week. Bye, Ruby.